Hello and welcome to the J-Rod Tour Pod with me, James Robson. And me, Ollie Dix. So today, Ollie and I are going to have a look back at the biggest GC shakedown I've seen in a while. Uh, stage 15 of the Tour de France, which um, has kind of blown the race apart, really. Uh, the first mountain finish on the Grand Colombier and a lot to sink our teeth into. So let's jump straight into the conversation Ollie and I are having about stage 15 of the Tour. Right, Ollie, let's start with um, the sort of Slovenian mix of Pogacar and Roglic, who just looked super, super strong today, especially on that final climb. It looked like nothing was going to phase them. But, you know, it was Jumbo Visma as well who did a lot of a lot of work. Yeah, I think it's so hard to do it like this or say that when there's such a big GC, like, breakdown that it wasn't to do with the main GC guys. But I honestly think you look to Wout Van Aert, George Bennett, Tom Dumoulin and Sepp Kuss at the end, but for Jumbo Visma that just as completely blew this race apart and completely had everybody like, yeah, just, just searching their back pocket for something. And, and unfortunately, some of the key GC guys couldn't find anything back there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... I mean, this is the first time that uh, an Ineos or Sky rider has been dropped out of the back this early on in the stage, and it's probably the biggest crack we've seen in a in a Ineos or Sky rider since their inception. Um, but Bernal lost seven minutes, just yeah, over seven he's minutes. Thirteenth. Um, I don't. There's no coming back from this. No, a hundred percent. I agree, and I think actually it it makes a tour even more open now that Ineos will be a part of the groups that will be interested in the breakaways at the start and will go for tour, like stage wins, because actually we've not seen that. Like, if you can get Carapaz up the road, like, that's an incredible opportunity. But if I'm being honest, I, they look like they are massively undercooked right now, as, like, prepped-wise. I don't, like... Which is not something we're used to. No. We're used to seeing from Sky and Ineos. This is probably that's probably the first time you can ever say that about them since uh, maybe 2010 when Bradley was in. You know, the first time he was there, he just looked a bit um, ropey. Yeah, underdone. But, but this, yeah, like, this is the same. To go up that last climb with three riders and Bernal having to do quite a bit of work, like it's just not. It's not that Ineos we know and and. Jumbo Visma almost have have taken the template of of late and 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 borderline perfected it, um, given how little prep they have had. Yeah, and I mean, I think it it didn't, you know, it didn't help that the only people that Bernal uh, had to help him out was Kwiatkowski and Castro Viejo. I mean. Carapaz had that kick the other day, but he's 29 minutes down or more than that. I mean, he's not he's not in a good position as the co-leader. You want you know you want them at least close together so that if one of them falters, the other one can remain competitive. Yeah, I mean, we saw Dumoulin put in an absolutely massive shift going up that final climb, and he's still tenth overall and only five minutes back. Like, and I think that. He is almost in the shape of his life at the moment and has come into this domestique role and 
kind of set a new standard as to what we expect a domestique like to be able to do. Like, you, okay, Wout van Aert went for a while, but Dumoulin just seemed to keep on going, and like, yeah, he just has that consistency that he can pedal at. Um, and okay, Pogacar managed to get in front of Roglic at the end and and gain four seconds because of the uh, bonus seconds back, but like. He's going to have to do that quite a few times and just like marginally chip away at it. We've spoken about Sagan chipping away. Pogacar's going to have to chip away until the time trial comes because Pogacar beat Roglic to be the Slovenian national time trial champion. So I think that's where Pogacar's going to get most of his. Because um, at the moment, with no team really around Pogacar, you can't really see him breaking away and having a massive performance, can you? No, I, I think what what it it's gonna need is it's gonna need a day hard enough for somehow Jumbo Visma to blow through all of the domestiques. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether we've got a day like that. Um, maybe Wednesday uh, up into Maribel might be, uh, you know, a day just where if no one else is taking it on, then it might be it might have to sort of fall to. Jumbo Visma to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think like Ineos not now be like not being in the GC race now almost helps Pogacar out because it it gives like it almost gives like Jumbo like more responsibility on the front of that peloton. Like they're the ones that have to control it now. It's like Ineos don't have to do any of that. Um, and I think yeah, I'd be very surprised if like. Jumbo can work through that, especially when um, you have the sprint teams, or like so, Dakota Quick Step and Bora like controlling the first half of the stage. Like it's a, a stage of two halves, isn't it? Like every stage now. Yeah, I mean another another rider that I think did did quite well today, um, managed to jump up a couple of spots was uh, early yellow jersey holder Adam Yates. Um, managed to jump up. He's now what twenty nine seconds off the podium, which would be a good result for him. I think that'd be probably you know one of the better results in his career. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think he's won a tour stage yet. So like, I think that speaks volumes as to how big a result a podium would be. I think he was in that funny position where like he was almost too close to the GC guys. That so when he attacked with seven k to go today, like. They had to respond to him. They couldn't just let him go and go and get a stage win because if he won the stage with that gap, he probably would have most likely gone into yellow as well. So he's now teetering on that line of he's not probably going to win any stages outright unless he goes into yellow. Whereas we look at Alaphilippe, who actually is quite quiet at the moment and like got dropped again today. And actually he's now well in contention for some stage wins because he's taken himself out of that GC race. So looking forward then, we've got a day off tomorrow. Um, Delicious. Yeah, which is great. And then we've got a, a, a sort of a rolling stage with, you know, an intermediate sprint, a couple of Cat 2s, a, couple of, a, a Cat 1 and a Cat 3 to finish. It's a sort of big Category 1 with bonus seconds at the top, then a little descent and then a Category 3 climb into the finish. So, I mean, that might be something interesting for someone like Adam Yates because that big Category 1 climb, which... I mean, tops out 20k from the end. That might sort of sort 
enough people out that he's in a small group and in that last kick he probably won't be able to get more than a minute no, yeah. and so that might be quite suited for him yeah well I think it would be very interesting to see kind of yeah that for that for that category one climb which is where it is and the bonus seconds that are at the top of it it will mean that like people will have to go there if they want to do anything about it whereas actually one of the harder things about today's stage was that people almost just being patient until it came to the bonus seconds and weren't really looking to like attack very early and I think that's something that we missed out a little bit because Jumbo broke so many people it was hard for people to then go on the attack and because they got snuffed out so quickly yeah um I mean, it's going to be an exciting last couple of weeks of, or last week of the tour, definitely. And and I think these next, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are going to be very heavy days for everyone. I agree. How much scrutiny do you think Ineos will come under if Geraint continues the form that he is in at the moment? So he's currently third in the... Uh, Tirreno Adriatico. That one, yeah. And but I think everyone knows that the the key players aren't there. No, but like so like you have Nibali there mm-hmm. and like Froome is half an hour back. So like Froome's shown that like he's it was right to not take Froome. Whilst I think a lot of us wanted Froome to be there, it was right not to take him. Whereas with Geraint, there doesn't seem to be any reason that's kind of showing mm, he shouldn't be there. Um and I think it's interesting, actually, if Ineos do continue to go further back, how much scrutiny they'll come under for not taking Geraint. But do you think they were concerned that, I mean, you know, that we we've said today that they they look undercooked, they look under you know underprepared. Uh, that this seems like a good way to make sure that that's not the case for Geraint Thomas. What and the Giro and the Giro and maybe the tour wasn't. I mean. It's so it, hard not to put all your eggs in the tour basket, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know, but like it's so it's so soon after everything has opened up again. The guys haven't had the racing experience that actually they may have gone. Well, he's actually our most likely option. So, do you think winning the Giro with Geraint and winning the Vuelta with Froome is better than just winning the Tour? Yes, because I think Ineos has now got to the point where, you know they're aware that the stars have to align all the time yeah. and if it doesn't then you can't really begrudge that and just move on to the next one they you know we're in the postal service days it used to be the only race in cycling was the tour de france but now it's turned into actually you know now you've got big teams targeting the other grand tours yeah, they become sure. more relevant yeah um i, I mean i i'm gonna go out on a limb here early doors and say i don't i don't think chris Froome's gonna win the vuelta but I think their best hope this year is for Geraint Thomas to win the Giro. I agree. I hope for Froome, and I think there's enough time for it to be possible, whether it actually happens, I'm not too sure. What we also need to mention is uh, Sam Bennett managed to um, snuff out the uh, Bora Hansgrohe kind of attempt at a breakaway and beat Sagan in the intermediate sprint to extend his lead back out to I think it's 45 points now so actually you know it's nice we do have like these two races going on separately and the only race that doesn't seem to be going on at the moment is the polka dot jersey 
Yeah, it seems like it's so frenetic that it's hard for anyone to consistently build points. Yeah, I mean, Kosnofroy looks like he's just not going to do anything with it. Yeah, and and you know, especially now you've got, you know, we're in the meat of the uh, climbing. The GC teams are going to be like, no, no, we're not going to let we're not going to let big breakaways go up the road here. We're not going to let breakaways with serious contenders got the road here we're going to set quite a fast pace yeah i mean but some of the speeds that they were going up those hills i mean towards the end of that stage today they were going 32 33k an hour up nine ten percent yeah that's obscenely fast i mean roglic is i think there was a report that said roglic has averaged above 40ks an hour for the entire tour that's absolutely mental (laughs) um to finish off then Rigoberto Oran, Miguel Anglo, Lopez, Adam Yates, Richie Port, Mikel Lander, and then there's a bit of a gap back to Enrique Mas. Who takes that podium? I'm going to go... Um, I think there's enough climbing in it for Adam Yates. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I go with the man in form from today, Angel Lopez. But Richie Port was kicking on towards yeah, the end no, as well. He did, didn't he? It is, he's almost forcing himself to make it like have a conversation with himself about what he does next because the consistency that he's showing now is like, well, do I retire whilst I've still got it in me? So those guys like Richie Port, like Adam Yates, the guys that sort of came here more for a sort of stage win kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, viewpoint. Does that make us think that? the standard of the top end has come down and they're not as ready for the Grand Tours as they thought they were. Oh, so or you that think those, that... Or that those guys that are sort of were in the stage win category are actually better riders than they think they are? Yeah, I think there's a quite an obvious gap between the calibre of riders at Jumbo than there is to everyone else. Yeah. I think it speaks volumes when you're in that final group and... Yates doesn't have any teammates with him. Pogaccia doesn't have any teammates with him. Port doesn't have any teammates with him. Like, and then and Roglic is sitting there with half his team. Yeah, half his team there, and it's kind of a bit like, oh, it's just a massive jumbo team with some extras that happen to be wearing some of the jerseys, yeah. and then they, they fight it out. And I think that speaks volumes that, okay, like Valverde was there, able to be there today for Enrique Mas, but like, I think it speaks volumes that there isn't another big GC team that can have riders there at the end. Right, so thank you very much for listening to that episode of the J-Rod Tour Pod. Now, obviously, we're going to have a day off tomorrow, just like the guys in the tour. Uh, But we'll be back on Tuesday with our sports pod, then our tour pod, and then Wednesday morning, our F1 pod will come out, which... uh, don't know how we're going to manage to fit uh, that race into yes. a podcast because we'll just talk about Sebastian Vettel for about 15 different starts <laughs> but anyway thank you very much for listening and please make sure that you be a friend and tell a friend about the J-Rod Sports Pod <laughs>